Warning. The following podcast contains discussion of criminal activity, legal misconduct, and improper Waffle House etiquette. For sensitive listeners, all offensive terms have been replaced with nothing in particular. Sorted confessions of two men with nothing in common but an accent. I'm James. I'm Matt. Crime, Matt. Yes. We've all committed them. Yes, exactly. I myself found out a couple weeks ago I was committing a crime for like six months. You stole cable, didn't you? No. Actually, what it was was I was driving around for about six months without any insurance on my car. You fucking criminal. What can I say? I'm a bandit. That's how I roll. You're a fucking Ed Brubaker character, riding <laughs> around with no insurance. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was just tempting someone to run into me. <laughs> that's going to be the new criminal graphic novel. I'm going to walk <laughs> into the comic book store, see a hardcover of you, like, in your car. No insurance. Criminal. Volume 8. <laughs> the man who didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you meet a sexy femme fatale who works for AAA. And she doesn't have health insurance, and she's often sick. We fall in love. It's beautiful. God bless America. (laughs) Amen. So, Matt. Yes? You're telling me before the show that you had a run-in with the law in the past. Other than, Um, you know, the insurance fiasco we were just informed of. um, Yeah, I've actually actually been questioned by my police a couple times. Who did you touch, Matt? Um, well, apparently, it's, little did I know it's a crime to touch yourself in public. I wish they would have told me that in advance. Oh, we've all been there. Well, I wasn't so much in my car as I was on the roof of my car. You were surfing like Styles from Teen Wolf. You just started jerking off. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a weird Arbor Day. I'll say <laughs> much. But, uh... The tourists were taking photos. It was, it was a big spectacle. <laughs> but, um... Actually, yeah, like, the two serious times I've actually been in trouble and, like, actually been questioned by police, I guess. Um, one time I was questioned on the auspices of defrauding an innkeeper. <laughs> and it's just so amazing because wait, wait, I didn't wait, even think... Wait, wait, wait. What are you, Conan the Barbarian or something? That's what I'm saying. I will not pay your tax, innkeeper. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It sounds like something from the fucking Middle Ages, you know. But um, tell me, let's t- let's start at the beginning. Yes. How did you find yourself in an inn? <laughs> well, it wasn't so much. You found as... the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, the constables were after me. I was chasing. I was being chased by the sheriff of Nottingham. It was <laughs> it was weird. Um, back in two thousand nine, uh, the winter of two thousand nine. I was the only one in my family that had a valid driver's license. Uh, my father and my mother both had their license suspended because they couldn't afford to pay insurance. And my father was unemployed at the time. He was looking for a job anywhere he could find one. Finally, he got this job off from these people in Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, from where we were living to Savannah, is about 400 miles one way. 
And so I had to drive him to Savannah uh, to work. And the way we did it is that I would, I mean, I would drive him everywhere. You know, we, we would go to Savannah and he'd spend the week down there. And the weekends we'd come back home. So it was driving Mr. Johnston. Exactly. Um, he kept shouting racist things at you. Pulling my hair. He taught you how to read. It was beautiful. Yes. But uh, while we were down in Savannah during the week, we would stay at, like, hotels and stuff. And this hotel we would stay at, uh, you know, most hotels, you either pay cash up front or you uh, you give them a credit card. And since we were flat broke, I, we had to use, like, I had a debit card, like a credit card. They could charge stuff on them if need be. And so I gave him that card on Sunday night. Uh Pissed me off too because the guy was from the same area we were. He he knew like we knew where he lived and stuff. He'd originally he was originally from the upstate of South Carolina, not too far from where we lived, and seemed like a nice guy. And then I gave him my card that Sunday night. He had no idea what to do with it because he was in Nottingham. <laughs> he tried to eat it. You had to pull it out of his mouth. Yeah, and coincidentally, a week later, I was burned at the stake for being a witch. But you got better, so yeah, that's good. But uh. No, I gave him my card, and like I said, Monday morning, he calls the room saying, um, there's something wrong with your card. It's not being accepted. I was like, shit, well, what what, what I got to do, you know? It's like, well, um, give me another card, or you can pay for, you know, the room, $45. I'm like, damn, all right. Well, I don't have $45. So, all right, well, I'll just go ahead and call the police. <laughs> what the fuck? And then that said he hung up on me. Before he did, he said, but there is. A third option. <laughs> you just hear a chair creak in the background. <laughs> Flying zips. But, um, now the dude called the fucking police on me. And next thing I know, two police cars are pulling in. <laughs> one. They pulled one, an APV on Matt Johnson. Exactly, yeah. One of them, uh, parks behind the truck that we're in to, to block it, you know, in case I want to, I'm a flight risk, you know. <laughs> and honestly, I was thinking about running. Seriously. It, <laughs> Never take me alive. <laughs> exactly. This guy's crazy. He's got no insurance. But what I realized was that I'm like, oh my god, you know, I, I was in my room, but then I started to sit down and actually started to laugh about it because I am fucking going to go to jail over forty five dollars. What kind of shit is that? Seconds before you're beaten in the head with a billy club, SWAT comes in. But like the one of the problems is I was trying to call my father, you know, because I didn't have a cell phone. He had a cell phone and. It barely worked. Like, you know, we didn't know if it was going to get cut off or not. So finally, the police come. I start working on things with the police officer because it threw me off guard. Because like when I come with the guy, I was wearing the jacket. The police officer was like, "Hey, take your hands out your jacket." Like you know, I had my hands in my pockets. You know, that that pissed me off first off, just because you know, I guess he thought I was going to shoot him or something. I don't know. I didn't defraud an innkeeper. I don't <laughs> care. Exactly. It was Tommy Lee Jones. You jump off the front step and fall two feet to the ground. He'd already arrested that toe sucker up in Martinez, so he was on me now. But no, I started working things out with people. I'm like, I didn't know the card didn't work. You know, I'm sorry. And so, like, eventually, I gave him like they they called my father where he was working, and uh, he got it sorted out. Like, he had to call my grandfather, and he let him use his credit card as collateral. Your father came to the scene. He punched out a police car. If a, I don't think police cars have hair. He was he was groping at like the seats and stuff. He made boxing gloves out of the car like the Hulk. <laughs> Show me some of that kung fu. <laughs> but that got straightened out, and like two weeks later, he got fired 
from the job mismanagement just because mostly it was because he didn't have a valid license and they wanted him to go on the road and do stuff like you know he, they didn't want him to stay down there and work he was a drug mule is what you're saying pretty much that's i kind of got the feeling that's what these people were doing they were it was um pollo hermanos is what they were called. <laughs> so i was kind of suspicious about that he rode in the back of their truck yeah he lost an ear for some odd reason he never would tell me the story about that what, what led to that but the important thing is your dad's a man who gets things done. Exactly. Except when he comes to getting his licenses uh, brought back. You know. He draws a line there. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> the I, was, I was trying to think of some kind of sick one. <laughs> so, James, I've I've showed you mine. Will you show me yours? What 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 stories do you have when it comes to you know, uh, thumbing your nose at convention in the law. Well, despite what you may think about me, I'm not a particularly wild guy. Shocking, I know. Yeah. I mean, I've never done anything as wild and reckless as defraud an innkeeper out of $40, but... $45. Oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I would remember that. Don't I, I would have to go to jail for literally six hours <laughs> to make up that money. And you would somehow find a way to suck seven dicks before the day was through. <laughs> hey, I gotta do what I gotta do to survive. All right. Just staving off boredom. You only do. There's only two hours you do in jail. The first hour you get in, and the last hour when you get out. Everything between that is gravy and dicks. You just walk in and immediately fall to your knees. I'll suck everybody's dick. Just don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. They put you in the women's cell for some reason. I, I still managed to suck like 26 dicks. It doesn't make any sense. Well, they're women prisoners. I think all women prisoners have dicks. Well, they grow dicks as a way of survival. Yeah. It's I mean, <laughs> They're just like clownfish. The human body is amazing, isn't it? The things it'll do to adapt. Life finds a way, man. <laughs> Speaking of prison... Yes. Uh, I, I myself am an enormous pussy and have never done anything illegal. But I have a family that's had quite a few run-ins with the law. In particular, there was a story my brother-in-law told me a few years back that has always captured my imagination. Now, my brother-in-law told me this story about a relative of his. Let's just call him Steve. Now, Steve was from around here. Now, he's a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Steve walks into a convenience store one day. A convenience store he's been going to since he was a little kid. He knows the lady. He walks in. She's, oh, hey, Steve. How's your mama doing? Oh, she's doing fine. She's doing fine. She's out of rehab for the week. You know, she's doing okay. Uh, where's the beer at? At the very back of the store. Same place it's always been. He walks back there. You know, scopes out the beer. You know, he's back there for a little while. All of a sudden, he walks up to the front of the store with his shirt pulled up over his face <laughs> and his hand in his pocket pulled up like he's got a gun. She takes one look at him and says, Steve, what the hell are you doing? Steve, who the fuck is Steve? Give me your fucking money. <laughs> Steve, are you trying to rob me? I told you, I don't know who the fuck Steve is. Give me your fucking money. I ain't Steve. She just looks at him and says, Steve, go your ass home. Okay, Miss Martha. And he pulls his shirt down and walks out the store. 
Now, this question I have about this right quickly. How did she know it was Steve? He was one. I mean, obviously, or was it the fact that on his chest he had a big tattoo that says, yes, I'm Steve? That could be. I mean, whenever he lifted the shirt up, it exposed his stomach, which had a tattoo of his own face. <laughs> that might have been a clue. Yeah. But, yeah, it's about the best story of incarceration that I've got. Really? I mean, I've got a lot of stories of incarceration. <laughs> yeah. But, but they're not... all sad and horrifying. Yeah. I've got a few of those myself. The other story I could tell was how I was accidentally uh, accused of stalking someone. Well, I wasn't accidentally accused. I was accused, but I was accidentally stopped. They pointed their finger at somebody. They moved out of the way, and you were behind them. So it happened. The SWAT team descends on you. Damn it! They they would never take me alive. I'd jump on a bike. That's what I, that's what I should have done. Man, if I had a bike, I would have gotten away. You're arrested for driving the bike with no insurance. Damn it. But, uh, no, this was, this was a few months after, uh, the whole debacle in Savannah. Um, like I just mentioned, no one in my family had a license. And, um, my mother, she got a job just right after my father got fired from his job in Savannah. Her job was in Lincoln, where I live now. And since she couldn't drive, I had to take her to Lincoln every day. She was also working as a drug mule. Yes, uh, coincidentally. Basically, you've seen Maria full of grace. It was basically that. <laughs> But, uh, like I said, we were broke, and so I couldn't, like, to go from where we lived to Lincoln was about 40 miles one way. And so, you know, I couldn't, like, we couldn't afford for me to drop her off, go, for me to go back home, then to come back and pick her up. So I had to stay down, I had to find shit to do. I would often, I mean, I pretty much lived in my car, in my truck, for like four months. I would sleep in there, I would eat in there. You would make sweet love in there. That was actually what led to the whole Arbor Day incident. But, um, I seem to hear over there. Um, but one thing I would do a lot of was read. I did a shit ton of reading. Um, I have a library down here. I would go to the library a lot of days. And sometimes I would spend all day in there. Sometimes I would, to mix it up, I would leave because I kind of got self-conscious about going to the library every day. And sitting there and reading just because, like, I thought, like, I didn't think the people, like, judging me, you know. This dude, this fucking dude's here again. Jesus. Reading. Reading in the fucking library, fucking fag. We got us a reader in here. The SWAT team descends. <laughs> just beating about the head and neck with her billy clubs. But, uh, so what i do is a lot of times I'd go to this local grocery store. And I'd park. And I'd sit there and I'd read. I'd, I'd sit there, like, at 8 a.m., till 12 and read i don't know sometimes i drive around to break up the monotony not too far but um where i was parking and the grocery store parking lot was right across the road from city hall i was parking there like i don't know for a week i was parking there and reading and so one day i'm reading and i see like somebody moving out of the corner of my eye and i think you know Somebody just walking down the sidewalk or somebody's walking to the grocery store. But then I go back to my book and there's a few seconds later, there's a tap on the window. And I look and it's the chief of police from from the Lincoln Lincoln City Police. And I wanna just take a moment here to mention that the chief of police in Lincoln has the best name to be a police officer. His name is Jim Justice. <laughs> he, So you were outside City Hall with a book 
a man knocks at your window, and it's Chief Justice. Exactly. Chief Jim Justice. Fucker should be a superhero with a name like that. But, um, he knocks on the window, I'm like, yeah, yeah, um, hey, what can I help you with? He's like, um, can I see your license and registration, all that stuff? It's like, yeah, sure, why? Yes, sir, Mr. Justice. We got a complaint. Ladies across the street notice you've been sitting here the past few days, you know, all day. Sitting in your truck all day. They're getting kind of nervous and suspicious. <laughs> and I've been to that city hall before. I'm Not when I originally, not since I moved down here, but like when I was working at the radio station, I would come in there sometimes, see if they had any news. Um, and all those ladies who work at city hall, a bunch of old, ugly women. <laughs> and for them to think that I'm fucking stalking them. They had to have a high opinion of themselves. Like I said, I'm sitting there, I'm reading a book. My eyes aren't looking for it. I'm down reading a book. I mean... To be fair, pretending to read a book is like Stalker 101. <laughs> Question, was the book you were reading Stalker 101? Because that would uh, explain some things. Stalking for dummies. That's the wacky for dummies guy scratching his head while in the bushes. Maybe it didn't help my case, but I also had a newspaper with eye holes cut into it. You were just workshopping your new character newspaper face. Exactly. Completely innocent. But, yeah, like I said, I gave him my license and stuff, and, like, he just, on the walkie-talkie, he ran my numbers and stuff through the system to make sure, I guess, I had any warrants or anything. Because, yeah, obviously, if I'm a wanted criminal, that's my first thing I want to do is fucking stalk people at City Hall. Yeah, they look you up on the computer, they find out that you defrauded an innkeeper. You get the death penalty. But not before the SWAT team tackles me. <laughs> But uh, I was surprised. He, I mean, he was cool with it because once I told him, I, I told him, look, I'm waiting. I'm sitting here. I'm waiting on my mother. Um, she's working. Uh, I got to go pick her up like at three. And I'm just sitting here passing time reading. He's like, okay, well, just do me a favor. Just just move like off to the side to where they can't see you, you know. Because <laughs> that'll make it better. Exactly. Hide more. Know? That's why he, he first told me, look, you can stalk if you want to. Just be better about it. <laughs> um, but he gave me my license back. I pulled off to the side where they couldn't see me, and I went back to read my book. But um, I wonder what would happen if I went into City Hall now with those <laughs> ladies, like, losing their shit, you know? He's back! There's posters of you all over City Hall. Have you seen this man? It's just you reading a book. Uh, but think about it. You probably made those old ladies a day. Pretty much. Ooh, somebody's stalking me. I'm still a fresh kitten. Yeah, you're probably right. So maybe I did do a good act by just trying to get on with my fucking day by reading a book. Oh, did you hear that Ethel has a stalker? Oh, <laughs> that that was probably the hip thing in the old lady scene down here. Everybody wanted a stalker then. Well, back in the fifties, I mean, you were hot shit if you had a stalker. Exactly. Well, th they didn't have stalker back then, did they? They just called that hard to get. Who would want to stalk old ladies? What do old ladies do that's that interesting? I don't know. Maybe someone wants to check for $5. <laughs> you got your book. You're outside the beauty shop. Yeah. I was hard up for some mint candy <laughs> and some uh, butterscotch. Give me all your ribbon candy, bitch. But, yeah, that's those are really, like, my two biggest things. I've been stopped before. Um by the police before, like, speeding. No, not speeding, like, not wanting to see about um, There was one time I was stopped. <laughs> pulled over for a suspicion of DUI when I was sober. Because you just looked that way. Yeah. Um, to be fair, like, the truck I was in, it was... it's the, the, the car had a lot of play in it, and sometimes if you didn't... 
if you didn't keep on it, it would swerve a lot. It would, you know, it would kind of want to drive off the road. It looked kind of looked like I was swerving if you weren't paying attention. And yeah, I got pulled over and they breathalyzed me, even though I was stone sober. Well, the fact that you bathed in whiskey that morning probably didn't help. And I should, I never thought about if if I'd been like smart ass like I wanted to be, I would have, I would have slurred at him, you know. This office ain't doing nothing. But you know. I'd probably gotten tased. Beaten about the face and neck. SWAT team would have tackled me. You think Stallone has that problem? They're constantly thinking he's drunk. I think he's drunk when he speaks normal. Now he's just completely eloquent whenever he's sober. He When he's when he's drunk, he has a uh, British accent. Adrian, we did it. <laughs> uh, you said you had that story with your dad, too? Yes, um... This is another one of those stories that uh, I've heard a lot about through the years growing up. So pretty much what you need to know about this story is, first off, when this happens, my father is, I think he's about 15. And somehow or another, he was drunk. Somehow or another? Yeah, it just happened. I've never heard the details exactly what led to him being drunk, even though he's 15 at the time. He just fell over backwards into a convenience store display of alcohol. It cracked open and fell into his mouth. Oh, God, stop. Stop getting me drunk. Um, actually, he was 15. He couldn't drive yet, but he had like a little mini bike that he drove around town. <laughs> Which he drove around drunk. Yeah, this is uh, this is the mid-80s, so, you know, police were kind of lenient on stuff like that. So one night, he's drunk, riding a mini bike, and there's this four-way stop he goes through. He doesn't stop. And as he's going by, like he runs the stop sign. As he's going by, he doesn't know it, but he doesn't realize until he's starting to run it. But there's a police car sitting there waiting at the four-way stop. And as soon as he does, he sees what he did, and he guns it, and the police take off (laughs) after on this mini bike. But like he goes through like the police. Police chase him up through, like, the streets and stuff, and he gets on this back road. Because my grandfather, where he lives, is kind of out in the country. On, and, like, there's some dirt roads you can go, like, the back way through instead of going up the highway. And that's where he went. He went through the back roads and through the highway. And he's going to cut through. Like, there's this dirt road he's going to try to get to. The police are after him, and, you know, they're, they're not letting up. And so he cuts through the woods. And as he's cutting through the woods... Now, like I said, he's doing this drunk, so obviously his state of mind isn't the best. And so he he hits this, this stick, <laughs> he's doing, and he crashes. <laughs> and he's in the woods, like it's like a you know the trail isn't you know it's too too narrow for a, a car to get through. But he falls and he gets up, and like you know the police are at the edge with you, you know, they know who he is. You know, hey, you know, come on out. You know, we saw you. We know where you're at. Come on, Matt's dad. Exactly, that's what they called him. Maybe that's how I got my name. I never thought about it. But um, he's 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 thinking about making a break for the house, but they know where he lives, you know. And I think what he does is he ends up coming out of one of his friends' house, uh, who lived right down the road from him, and he's in his backyard, and he's going to try to run. And as soon as he starts running up the hill, the police car comes. They didn't see him, and he got arrested for that uh believe it or not which i find amazing is that he got arrested but he was never charged with anything i mean they just let him go he was drunk on a bike running a, run a stop sign run for the police and they let him go i know do you think that 
South Carolina law has any jurisdiction over miniature vehicles? I don't know. They don't have jurisdiction over a lot because that's something about the story that always pulls me. Is that my father lived out in the lived outside the city, but this was city police chasing him. They were outside their jurisdiction, man. No, so it's like Ruby Ridge. Exactly. I'm surprised there wasn't another Waco incident. But uh, <laughs> he jumps off the mini bike, goes into a children's playhouse. <laughs> they all pull out their guns and order him to leave. <laughs> CNN arrives at the scene. There's a mysterious fire that starts somewhere in the back that no one's sure how it exactly started. <laughs> he demands that his playhouse be declared a sovereign nation. <laughs> oh my god! I wish, if only he'd done that, it would've been so much better. But um, like I said, he got arrested. He got booked, but they never charged me anything. They turned over to my grandmother, who whipped the shit out of him, beat <laughs> his ass. No, no, no! It wouldn't. I'm sorry. I'm remembering this wrong. It wouldn't. It was my grandfather. Because she slowed down the car enough for my father to get out. He jumped out while my grandfather was chasing <laughs> So he made a second escape. Exactly. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. He, he was the fugitive at 15. He hopped onto a model train set and sped away. <laughs> he rode the rails for the next three years. With midget hobos. Exactly. The miniature fugitive. That was him. But yeah, it was just something that he did. It was maybe not on par with... Almost starting a race ride or beating up a retard. A man who knew karate. Get it right. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, that was just just one. Of, just that was pretty much that to me. I think that was one of the last few stories I have about him. Unfortunately. No. I, I need to get him out there doing more shit. We just have him on the show, Matt's dad, an intimate portrait. Fuck you. That's pretty much all he'd say. <laughs> he just keeps saying bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. He closes the show with bullfucking shit. <laughs> but, speaking of whippings, Matt, I have a new story today. Did he come from the South, maybe? Indeed it does. Oh. It came from the South. Alright, this specific story has entered into legend in the state of Alabama. Oh, no. This is like, is this like Alabama's version of, like, Davy Crockett or something? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Oh, that would be the guy who got away with fucking a horse. <laughs> this is the only story that compares to the pony molesting story in terms of scale. I mean, this was the news story of Alabama for a couple of years. And it concerns... A beloved Alabama judge by the name of Herman Thomas. Mm -hmm. A judge who, coincidentally, my brother-in-law has had before. Had, like, sexually? No. Needless to say, my brother-in-law was horrified whenever this story broke. He's like, this was almost me. There but for the grace of God. Um, what... You mean like when you say had, you mean like he had like prosecuted uh, him before? Yes. Okay. He had had some legal trouble. What a shock. Now, to give you an idea of Herman Thomas, he was a beloved Alabama judge. Like, just a model citizen. Mm -hmm. Looked like a black peewee Herman. <laughs> oh, that's never good. Yeah, there's something lurking beneath the surface. I love the bow tie, man. I imagine he will be the 13th Doctor Who. <laughs> his official ruling is that bow ties are cool. <laughs> then he bangs his gavel. Now, 
Herman Thomas provided over hundreds of cases for years, and all was well until a man named David Thomas, Herman Thomas's distant cousin and old fraternity brother of his, was arrested for a DUI. Now, the fraternal bonds run deep, Matt. Yes, I, so, I understand. So as was expected of him, Herman lifted the suspension on his friend's license and had him moved to a cushier jail, which raised a bit of a controversy. Now, Herman was convinced that he had done no wrongdoing in this matter and was so sure of his innocence, he personally asked Alabama's Judicial Inquiry Commission to investigate him to prove that he was innocent of any wrongdoing. He had nothing to hide, Matt. Yeah, well, obviously. End of story. What um, what were they looking at? I mean, just because, like, what, nepotism or favoritism or something? Yeah, fraternal nepotism, the worst kind. Now, while investigating, they noticed something a bit peculiar. It seems that Judge Herman had been taking certain cases off the dockets of other judges. Now, things just weren't adding up with that. As they investigated, certain accusations came to the surface, leading to a shocking revelation. Judge Herman had been giving certain inmates leniency in exchange for a certain favor. What favor, you may ask? Needing. No, Matt. In exchange for less harsh sentences, all Herman asked was for the inmates to allow him to take them to a small room in Mobile Government Plaza where he would spank them on the ass with a wooden paddle. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know what to say. Was I mean was like that was his thing, right? I mean Yeah. Now Herman of course denied the allegation and was so offended he immediately resigned from the bench. If they're gonna treat him this way, why should he put up with it? Exactly. You don't deserve Herman Thomas and his paddle. Why should he be put up to this kind of whooping? These accusations just would not go away. And Judge Thomas, being just a poor, defenseless, acclaimed judge, he was helpless. And a call went out for someone to defend him. Oh no, did they light the signal? They lit the signal. The signal of a cowboy hat in the sky. Because only one man was noble enough to step in. Only one man had the courage, the heart, the accent. Judge Herman hired Cowboy Bob yes. as his private attorney. The jury will clearly find that my client is not guilty of paddling nobody's bottom with a wooden mallet. My client is guilty of believing in justice, nothing more. <laughs> Those weren't his opening arguments. That's just what he said whenever he saw the signal. He <laughs> was getting into character. Um... What was he officially charged with, like, what, sexual misconduct or something? I'll get to that in a second. Okay. As you see, following Cowboy Bob's brilliant legal counsel, Herman staged a live press conference to proclaim his innocence. Now, as he pleaded with the people of Alabama, a man approached him from behind and tapped him on the shoulder. Herman asked him why he's interrupting his press conference, and as cameras continued to roll... The man told him he was with the district attorney's office, and he had just been indicted by a grand jury on 57 charges of ethics violation, kidnapping, sexual abuse, extortion, and sodomy. God damn. 
The man then escorted Herman out of the building and into the adjacent metro jail. Herman Thomas was perp-walked out of his own press conference (laughs) on live television. (laughs) If, God forbid, one of us is one day in the same position, I hope we'll at least have the forethought not to hold the press conference right outside the jail. That's not a good photo op. I would. I think I would host a press conference with a gun in my hand. I'm innocent. Who the fuck won't to argue that? Come on. Who's going to be brave enough? Exactly. You shoot the camera. <laughs> press conference over assholes. Now, when asked for a comment, Bob stated that, This is a high-tech lynching. Ever think this is the first black circuit court judge in Mobile County and the right-wing Republican people have gotten rid of him? This is racism at its very finest. They started printing this shit in the paper years ago, and they didn't indict him until just now. I mean, come on and give me a break. I love it any time a white person plays a race card. There's just something so delicious about that. All referring to it as a high-tech lynching. Exactly. What's so high-tech about it? That's exactly what it is. But, you know, this is coming from the man who accused a ham sandwich of bastardry <laughs> in Boston, so... Well, news cameras were involved, so... In Bob's mind, he's in the middle of a cyberpunk novel. <laughs> They're gonna steal our souls. Don't look at them in the eye. We're all gonna be uploaded onto the grid. <laughs> I know I don't look good in a Tron suit. I don't know about you. Is that how the trials resolve? They played light cycles? Is that who wins? <laughs> he threw his hat like one of those discs. Now, Herman made bail, of course, and in what I can only assume is an act of revenge, when the district attorney staged his own press conference the following week, Cowboy Bob attended, (laughs) standing in the front row, eyeballing him the entire time, and he refused to leave until he was threatened with arrest. (laughs) This guy, I mean... At the cut of his jib. I would just love to meet this person. That's, I mean, that's all I can really say, you know. I mean, that's legal action I respect. You exactly. fuck with my client's press conference, I fuck with your press conference. Exactly. Uh, Cowboy Bob works in a biblical sense. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, photo op for a motherfucking <laughs> photo op. Exactly. I think that's his uh, motto on his law firm, isn't it? I just think that as he was being escorted away, he was just shooting a shotgun into the air. <laughs> He's dancing, throwing his hat up in there. Now, Bob said that the testimonies of the alleged victims were not to be trusted, as everybody that's listed in the indictment is either serving life for murder or some other horrible crime. This indictment is based on nothing but allegations, innuendo, and rumors. And as he'd said that, he made an appeal to the Alabama Supreme Court for them to throw the case out. They did not call him back. (laughs) No, one such witness was a young man named Demetrius Lucky. I love this guy already. Demetrius had always heard rumors about Herman, and he was quoted as saying, People say he'll whoop you and then he'll let you out of jail, which is an excellent slogan for a law firm if I've ever heard one. (laughs) That should be Cowboy Bob's new one. But these rumors would soon turn out to be true when he came before the judge and was given two options, the prison or the paddle. Now, Matt, I ask you, if you were in the same situation, which would you choose? 
Huh, I think it depends because, uh, first off, when it comes to paddling, like, how long is he going to paddle me? How many times is he going to hit me? And is he going to have a boner while he hits me? That's the most important, I think. I think the latter is a given. And also, how much jail time would I be facing? That's what, like, is that what it is? Like, are these guys, like, does it say in the story, like, are they, like, minor offenders and stuff? People would only get, like, a few months? I think so, for the most part. I think there might have been a few felons in there. Oh, yeah, I don't think he was paddling murderers. Yeah, it's standards. You know what? I'll take the paddle. Sorry. Okay, so if you were arrested on three counts of defrauding an innkeeper... Stalking an old lady and driving without insurance. Yes. Oh, yeah, I, w- I would take the paddling. I respect that. I'd rather get paddled than get cornholed in the showers. I think now is the perfect time to reveal that in their investigation, they also found semen stains on his carpet. Yeah, I'll go to jail. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go to jail. I'm sorry. Uh, I, and there is the whole sodomy charge. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm... I'll go to jail. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. It could just be the paddle. That could be all it was. Yeah, I'll go to jail. I'll pull Andy Dufresne if need be in jail. Well, it turns out Demetrius felt the same way. He would have none of it. Standing tall for what he believed in, Demetrius Lucky stood before Judge Herman Thomas and said, I will not have my ass paddled. He is the modern-day Martin Luther King. (laughs) He stood up in the face of injustice. He's the Rosa Parks of paddling rights. Yeah, the only difference is, of course, you know, he fought for his right to sit down anywhere, you know, <laughs> not just on a bus. Now, Demetrius Lucky was sent to jail, and after he was put on probation, Herman would routinely visit his house. Jesus. No one knows what happened during this visit. Lucky wouldn't tell him? No. Huh. Is that not the scariest fucking thing you've ever heard? I wonder, did he have the paddle with him, like when he knocked on the door? I think he knocked on the door with the paddle. Exactly. And just said, someday, and then left. <laughs> Soon. And just slowly backed away. Your behind will be mine. Uh, that was his, wasn't that his re-election slogan? <laughs> He'll put a paddling on crime. <laughs> now, as the prosecution... Uh, got ready for the trial, the evidence began to pile up. Witness after witness comes forward. They find the semen stains. It seems an open and shut case, but Cowboy Bob dismisses it all as mumbo-jumbo. Have you all heard a story where all of these people from the public came forward and say the judge did this and that? Did I miss that? Because I don't have a single person in the free world saying Judge Thomas did this, that, or the other. Which, when you think about it, is a brilliant legal strategy. Yeah, he's saying innocence by ignorance. I mean, I've never met somebody who was paddled by Judge Thomas. Have you? Exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The guy is a fucking genius in a cowboy hat. I mean, that's some Atticus Finch shit right there. Exactly. Now, this is where the plot thickens. As he was preparing his defense for the upcoming trial, Herman was arrested again. This time on a completely separate indictment. Oh no. He was charged with using his judicial position for personal gain. Thankfully, as jury selection began, the state threw out 20 of the charges due to the statute of limitations having ran out. So this only left him with a measly 83 counts of ethics (laughs) violation. Yeah, I mean, who can't beat that? 
I mean, it's not a hundred, but if you're above seventy, you're doing okay. Yeah, exactly. That's a respectable amount of ethics violations. That shows that you were committed to being ethical. Now, as the trial began, Herman abandoned his trademark tie. No. Which I think is the worst thing he could have done, because yeah. if years of watching courtroom cases on C-SPAN and CNN have shown me, no one will prosecute a man in a bow tie. Exactly. That's how the people behind the Iran Contra got away with it. Colorful bow ties. Exactly. The one who didn't was Oliver North. He got fucked up. So that's what OJ did. OJ wore a colorful bow tie. And that motherfucker fit. Exactly. Bill Nye the Science Guy isn't behind bars. Exactly. He's killed 32 people with science. Now, as if that wasn't enough, in their opening arguments, the prosecution stated that Herman would tell inmates to, quote, bend over the table while he did something their parents should have done. <laughs> the DA continued with, This defendant sold the justice system, and the currency was sex. Once you were on his docket, you were never getting off. All right, I have two jokes for that. One, yeah, but they were on his docket. Oh, yeah. Two, you were never getting off, but he sure was. Oh, uh, yeah, you need to add in like a rim shot or something. Wow. That's your thing, you tell a joke and you play a little bit of guitar. Where's Kevin Eubanks when you need him? <laughs> Hopefully he's in hell. Now, as the trial went along, the first witness claimed that instead of a paddling, Judge Herman told him to masturbate in his office. Now, I need to point out, he did not say masturbate in front of him. No, no. He told the guy to masturbate and then left the room and didn't return until long after the victim had finished. Apparently, he just liked the idea of working in an office where a prisoner had jerked off. Like, as, he, <laughs> as he was filing his paperwork, he'd just look over to the carpet and think, Hmm, a prisoner's semen is over there. And he smiled to himself. He was in a room where love had been made. Exactly. Hand love. Hand. The purest love of all. <laughs> as Whitney Houston often said. She did. Now, the witnesses came in by the truckload, stating that he paddled them and demanded sexual favors. But here's where it gets weird. Oh, yeah, weird or weirder? Weirder. It, it's pretty it's damn relative. weird. Yeah. Here's where shit gets off the rails. <laughs> Seeing an opportunity, some inmates sought out Herman, writing him lengthy love letters to get his attention. <laughs> Are you sure your brother-in-law was one of those? I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I think you were talking about earlier, he was talking about, there for the grace of God goes I. I think he said he kind of jealous. He kind of jealous. <laughs> Couldn't I be mm -hmm. one of them? I wish I could have gotten paddled. Hmm. Throw my ass. My ass ain't even going to be paddled. I'm sorry I ain't got that badonkadonk. That's something else. Um... How many, like, how many of his, like, what was, do you know, like, the racial split on all his victims? I believe the majority of them were black, because I believe it was his receptionist remarked during the trial that she would come into the office, and he would just have a large group of young black men waiting to see him. Oh. And she'd ask them if maybe they had gotten the wrong appointment or something. Yeah. No, no, we're all here to see Judge Herman. At the same time. Well, I have to give him respect for keeping it. 
you know, yeah. inside the racial boundaries. So. Yeah, he broke he broke the laws of man, but not the laws of God. So yes, you're right. Props for that. Now, speaking of the love letters, one read, I remember when you told me you loved me. If you love me, you will help. Another read, I am willing to take more whippings. Please help me. <laughs> now, Cowboy Bob said that his client couldn't be held accountable for the affections of others. And, quote, you tell people what they want to hear to get what you want. His defense is that the judge was way too hot. His defense is that he was the most beautiful man in all of Alabama. If that's a crime, then we should all be sent to jail. That's pretty much what he's saying. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is it illegal in the state of Alabama to be beautiful? <laughs> I don't think so. Perhaps you differ, but that's my opinion. Now, my client is not guilty of paddling no anuses in exchange for favors. My client is guilty only of being an Adonis. And if that's a crime, then we might as well go over to ancient Greece and arrest a few statues. I'll pay for the ticket. I will pay for the ticket myself. Now, as the trial progressed, more charges were dropped as the judge decided that taking inmates to his office after releasing them from jail was not technically kidnapping, which I can kind of understand. Yeah. The judge wanted to drop more charges, and the DA tried very hard to convince him to keep the charges of extortion and assault, which led to the following exchange, which is, I swear to God Almighty, a documented exchange between the judge and the DA. Now, you say this was a sexual favor. Now, a sexual favor, a thing of value is exposing someone's rear end? Yes, sir. He is willing to trade that for them going to jail. What is a sexual favor? Being spanked on the bare bottom? Well, yes, sir. These people bought their way out of jail by allowing him to whip their bare butts, sir. Whipping a bare butt was of value to him. But the question is, is a belt or paddle used on the buttocks a dangerous instrument? Just trying to get straight in my mind the charges you have intended so I can instruct the jury. So basically the judge had the DA explain S&M sex to him. <laughs> now how exactly can you tell me exactly how a ball gag works? Um, just so I can tell the jury, not for my own personal reasons. Mr. District Attorney, can you please explain to me the difference between a dominatrix and a leather queen. <laughs> now I'm thinking that this judge was just serious about sex. Can you please, for my benefit of the doubts, so that way I can do it a lot better when I explain to the jury how a baby is made and where babies come from, please. Is it the stork like I thought all these years, or is it a more complicated process? Can you please ask your witness if the G-spot does, in fact, exist. Because I've been curious for some time. And some That's just conjecture, sir. No, it's not. It's real. No, uh, it just breaks out into a whole <laughs> argument over that, and then everybody forgets. It goes to the Supreme Court. <laughs> Meanwhile, Judge gets away while everyone's distracted on the G-spot argument. It didn't fly. The extortion and assault charges were dropped, as well as all the ethics charges. Wow. Again, due to statute of limitations. Yeah. 
Cowboy Bob rested his defense, his closing arguments being simply, He ain't no pervert. <laughs> That's all he needed to say, I guess. Which, as far as closing arguments go, is really the only thing you can say. Yeah, it doesn't matter what trial. Murder trial, he ain't no pervert. It was better than his original choice. He didn't paddle no ashes. <laughs> now, after a lengthy deliberation, the jury claimed that they could not reach a solid verdict. Or, as Bob himself put it, they say they hung. They say they can't reach a verdict. Damn, I'd reach one in no time. Let me into that jury. I'll say he's innocent. I'll convince that jury in 24 hours that he's innocent. That'll be the sequel to 12 Angry Men. <laughs> one Angry Bob. <laughs> I'll probably show that motherfucker. Now, taking matters into his own hands, the presiding judge told the courtroom, In most of these cases, the alleged or implied threat was that they were going to jail if they didn't take a whip. The law requires the threat must be placed on a person in fear of immediate danger. I find there has been no forcible compulsion in any of the sexual abuse or sodomy counts. So, by order of the judge, the verdict is not guilty. A good day for weirdo judges who like spanking everywhere. And just like that, Judge Herman the Battling Paddler Thomas was free to go. The other remaining charges to be dropped soon after. And now I have to take a drink of water because my throat is bleeding. <laughs> that should be the next episode for you to do the entire episode in the Cowboy Bob voice, by the way. <laughs> Speaking of that judge, soon after the trial ended, he gave an interview where he stated that he almost ruled on the charge before the jury even had a chance to deliberate because he wasn't sure whether the charges they were pursuing were even specifically outlined as illegal in Alabama state law. Oh no, it was coming to the whole horse-fucking situation again? Yes. There's nothing in the Constitution that says a judge can't paddle an inmate. That is the reason he went free. <laughs> God almighty, <laughs> Alabama. Jesus, that's... that's... Apparently, all of Alabama law is governed on the Airbud principle. If there's no rule saying you can't do it, then I guess you can. There's no law saying you can't eat babies, so I don't see why this new baby-themed restaurant is of any concern to the state. Oh, my lord. I mean, it's apparently just Mad Max down here. Exactly. Well, the only law that you've taught me that Alabama does, in fact, have is that uh, they're weird on cockfights. Yeah, the one thing we care about is that we don't want you promoting a cockfight on Facebook. But, you know, you want to paddle an M.A.'s ass or fuck a horse. I mean, if you're gay and you want to marry your boyfriend, well, no, that's against the laws of man and God. If you want to <laughs> stick your dick in a miniature horse or paddle in an inmate on the ass until he cries, then by all means. I mean, we're not animals. Yeah, who's to say that that's wrong? You know, I don't see anywhere where it specifically says it's wrong. Your Honor, I shot as an example... The Ten Commandments. At any point did dear old Moses say, Thou shalt not paddle? <laughs> now, as soon as the trial was over, Cowboy Bob was petitioning the State Bar Association to reinstate Judge Herman's legal license. They did not call him back. 
<laughs> well, he got off several times. And that is not where the story ends. <laughs> oh, really? On a cool Wednesday afternoon in January of 2010, former Judge Herman Thomas staged another press conference. Standing in front of Pritchard's famed St. James Church, once again wearing his signature red bow tie, his loyal wife by his side, and Cowboy Bob standing behind him, his perfectly round head nodding approvingly, Herman made an announcement. He told his adoring public that it was his desire to return to the public life, and that it was his sincere wish to give back to the state he loved so dearly. He then finished with, It should come as no surprise that I wish to continue to serve my community. And that is why I am running for the next state senator. Dear God, paddling all over Alabama. Senator Herman Thomas. I just want to entertain that notion for a second. Herman Thomas, months after a legal case where he was disbarred, and then on trial for paddling inmates until they cried, <laughs> and then forcing them to masturbate, and then forcing them to perform oral sex on him, he decides to run for state senator. I mean, what would those campaign commercials be? He'll paddle Washington. Exactly. Um, the state of Alabama needs a good licking. <laughs> I'm doing to Alabama what its mama should have done years ago. <laughs> He went, then went on to say that he planned on focusing on juvenile crime. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure he did. <laughs> and, shockingly, he lost. Well, no, honestly, I was expecting him to win. I mean, Alabama does love Herman Cain. I mean, Herman you Thomas. You call him Herman Cain. He became Herman Cain. They, if you look at it, I mean, I'm not trying to be racist or anything, but they do look kind of similar. You've never seen Herman Cain with a bow tie, I'm just saying. Exactly. Herman Cain never has a mustache. Herman Cain is insane enough to be this guy. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Now, I will post all of the news articles related to this sordid, sordid affair in our show notes. Mm -hmm. I suggest whenever you read the articles, you listen to Rob Zombie like I did. <laughs> Push you in the mind frame. Oh, yeah, just reading about paddling while House of 1000 Corpses plays. It syncs together pretty well. <laughs> it's like uh, Dark Side of the Moon with Wizard of Oz. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he paddled these people while listening to White Zombie. <laughs> he was an iconoclast. Now you said you had news stories as well. Um, top yeah, this motherfucker. Is... This is this is something I won't be able to top, honestly. But um, tell me, James, have you ever heard of the establishment known as Waffle House? Indeed, I have. Yes, it's the classiest restaurant in Sims. <laughs> well, so I say, I myself do not because it is the least classiest restaurant in this area. Rich boy, I go to Huddle House. <laughs> no, apparently there's. If you've noticed something, I've noticed over the past year, year and a half. But I've come to the conclusion that Waffle House is modern-day equivalent to the Old West Saloon. <laughs> it kind you, of is. Anytime there's some shit going down, it's at a Waffle House. Fights, robberies. I just imagine all Waffle Houses now have the swinging doors, and there's a man in the corner like playing ragtime on an old-timey <laughs> piano. 
Well, they do have waitresses who always look tired and world-weary. <laughs> They've seen some shit, man. You just want to defend their honor. Yeah. But um, apparently this happened May of 2011. This deputy from Tolliver County, which is uh, a couple counties over from where I live, they were transporting prisoners to Augusta. And the man stopped at a Waffle House at 3 a.m. in the morning to get him and the inmates he was transporting to the jail some food. While he was in the Waffle House, the inmates, they stole the car <laughs> and they ran away. They went on this high-speed chase throughout like the CSR, the this whole area, the CSRA is what they call it. And they ended up with a crash in like in Augusta. It was a three-county car chase just throughout, you know, just uh, just because this guy had to get some Waffle House. Question. Mm-hmm. Did they take the waffles with them? No, unfortunately. That's what? I think that's one of the complaints. They waited. They waited while he was inside to get it. They they should have waited till they had their food. Ah. Um. And another story. It was from November of last year, November 2011, at a Waffle House in Greenville, South Carolina, which was about 80 miles from where I lived. There was a worker at a Waffle House mopping the floor, and it just so happens. Who should be at that Waffle House while he's mopping? But the famous rapper slash midget retard, DMX. <laughs> That's his official title. Yeah, and apparently the, the guy was such a big DMX fan that DMX was so enamored with the guy that he took up his job for him. DMX mopped the floor of this Waffle House <laughs> in Greenville, South Carolina, in return for this guy's admiration. And did the guy get to become DMX? Was it like a <laughs> Prince and the Popper situation? They should have done that. No, but apparently when they asked him for why he did it, he said, the minute you get too big to mop a floor or wipe a counter, that's the exact minute you have fucked up. <laughs> Stop, mop, motherfucker, drip drop, or something like that. That's what he said. And he barked like a dog and jumped out the window. Wiser words have never been spoken. <laughs> I think we could all learn something from DMX. Yes, I think so, too. He's dropping um, some wisdom on us. Exactly. But, um, yeah, that's just something I've noticed uptrend. I don't know if you've noticed as well, but when shit goes down late at night, it's usually at a Waffle House. I don't know if that's because like Waffle House is open 24 hours a day or if it just attracts that kind of clientele, if it's like the cantina from Star Wars. Or <laughs> I was about to make the same analogy. Really? It's a hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> in the Waffle House down the road from me, there was a big green man who was shot to death by Harrison Ford. But uh, Waffle Houses are like the Alabama embassies all across America. Like, they're the <laughs> place you go where you won't be judged. Exactly. You go there to have some fun and look at the people. Eat some damn fine hamburgers. One more news story I do have is uh, this is – actually, I saw this news story the other day. It's from Memphis, and uh, – Apparently, this car was pulled over in Memphis as being a mobile meth lab. In front of a Waffle House. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a Waffle House cook. It's uh, what they call a shaking bake. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but what it is is they – I'm not sure how it works, but they pour in all the ingredients to make meth in like a water bottle. And they shake it up, and it cooks itself inside the bottle. I'm not sure how that works, but these meth It's ingenious. Cooks, I know. That's convenient meth. You would think that. You know, they do that shit on Breaking Bad, but... It's too simple. Exactly. Jesse'd find a way to fuck it up. (laughs) But naturally, they were pulled over because the 
the tags. They had the wrong kind of tags for the car. And they investigated the driver. had his, He was on, on probation for making meth, and his license was suspended. And they searched, and they found the meth. But I think what really led to them pulling them over had to be this clue right here. <laughs> for those listening to the podcast, apparently at the back of the truck, somebody just wrote the words meth lab. Yes, and it looks like chalk or paint, maybe. But. I guess they had to cover up wash me. <laughs> I want, didn't want people to think they were uncleanly. But yeah, the guy was arrested, and you know he got arrested for driving, spending the license, traffic violations, oh, and um, having meth on this person. So apparently there's no charge for advertising that he's a mobile meth lab. Well, he's not in Alabama. Yeah, much like Alabama, apparently Tennessee has a lot of laws like that. If you don't want to come out and say that you can't do that, then you can do it. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got for It Came From the South. So, this was an enlightening episode. <laughs> to say the least. I have faith in our nation's judges. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Um, I mostly see that the whole legal system law is something I should have got in. Because, fuck, what can't you do? Seriously. It's like when we talk about being cowboys, like an honorary retired judge means you can get away with shit. I mean, I'm pretty sure... It doesn't say in our Constitution that you can't hang somebody for the crime of looking at your wife. You can. Exactly. That was going to be the next thing on Judge Herman's docket, too. Yes. But I do think that hopefully somewhere out there for all the corrupt justices and the morally bankrupt cowboys and the people who defraud ends and stuff like that, there is a hope for humanity. A man who can bring justice to Alabama. A man who can bring law and order. And that man's name is Jim Justice. Arch enemy of Cowboy Bob. Oh my god, yes. Chief Justice versus Cowboy Bob. That'll be in the next episode of Below the Bible Belt. Stay tuned, folks. Same belt time. Same belt network. <laughs> Alright, until the South rises again, I'm James. And I'm Matt. And you've just been Below the Bible Belt. <laughs> I was born in that shit. I didn't have running water until I was a man. And by then, that shit was banal. <laughs> when the South rises again, you got my permission to die. Redneck Bane. He, he doesn't so much have on the breather is that his mouth is full of skull. <laughs> he keeps spitting. Yeah. He spits into the mask, so it's really disgusting. <laughs> yeah. uh, he has to yeah. lean his head over and let it drain out through the little holes. If you notice, all his outfits don't have any sleeves. <laughs> He's wearing a hunting vest. Exactly. Uh, all he needed was like a camouflage hat. Evolution? Impossible. <laughs>